Nightmerica is an independently produced podcast. If you like what we're doing, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash nightmerica. And please tell your friends about us. Welcome to Nightmerica, a podcast that takes you on a tour of the abnormal, paranormal, weirdly true, and truly weird in every corner across this nation. Because, to paraphrase Ray Parker Jr., whether it's ghosts, aliens, monsters, or monstrous humans, there's something strange in your neighborhoods. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Episode 19, Killer and Creepy Campsites. I'm Aaron Sagers, your co-host from Paranormal Called on Camera, Paranormal Paparazzi, Paranormal Lockdown. Evidence had revealed... I think that was the name of it. I don't know. I forget the name sometimes of the things I was on. It's been a lot of paranormal things. Anyhow, Aaron Sagers. I often forget the name of TV shows that I'm on, too. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Brett. Well, I'm so awkward at jumping in. You are. But you hold long pauses. It's a setup. It's it's like slight dramatic pause, pregnant pause. It's from the William Shatner school of talking. Sometimes. That's what's To punctuate something, you have to let Shh. it linger Shh. in the air. Shh. Oh my god, I'm talking. Stop talking. <laughs> it worked for William Shatner. All I'm saying worked for William Shatner. If... We just have a very different approach to talking. Like I come from the retail world. Well, you got to say it. You got to say it fast. You got to be quick. So like, I'm no bullshit. But you love space. Well, I would also say that the retail presentation is a little bit different than. A podcast where you're supposed to be entertaining people. Retail is entertaining. Hello, it's totally improv. Maybe improv. Is that the same as entertaining? It's all yes and. Totally. We're putting on a show for people. They're buying into us. Oh my God, if you think sales 
is not acting. I didn't say you've that. You've never worked in sales. I didn't say that. I have worked in sales, and I wouldn't say that. But I wouldn't say that it's entertaining. Acting is not necessarily entertaining. I would beg to differ. Entertaining suggests that your your mission is to sell. Your mission is not to sell a story. Your mission is not to maybe sell a, the story behind a brand, behind a product to make people want to buy totally, into exactly. that. Right. But it's, and I would definitely say that it's improv and you have to think on your feet. But I would not say it's entertainment. Okay. I mean, I guess that's true. It's not like people, well, I would, but it's not like people turn on Bravo and watch like the real shop girls of New York City. But that would be fantastic television. Yeah, and then suddenly that would be entertainment, and once it was entertainment, it would no longer be reality. It's the same thing with, I don't know, paranormal investigations or journalists on on TV, you know? Like, it's if, if you're presenting reality, it reality can be entertaining, but, you know, in of itself, I don't think it's it's not it's not like when you go to work and someone walks in you're not ultimately trying to entertain them you're not working for applause they're not paying to come into your store you're I'm you're... working for them to pull out their cash money right exactly so if it was entertainment then just simply listening to your story would be a job well done the... do you think stripping is entertainment Yes. Do you not? No, but I also think that retail can be entertainment. Stripping is also sales, but... but See? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but... That's like the combination. That's where the worlds collide. Okay, so you're saying retail is like <laughs> stripping. <laughs> I think there's plenty of people in retail... We're re not even five minutes in and we haven't even... <laughs> There's, touched on anything there's plenty of people in retail and people in the stripping industry i think both would take umbrage at that strippers work hard too by the way they dance oh please strippers work harder than me okay. i have no trouble yeah. admitting that so and i mean that is entertainment they have to learn a number they have to you know memorize you know some well probably memorize and they're ripped they, they're so strong they are you know we could do a whole episode on strip clubs. This is, this is, Great. this is actually so, a, a something that I don't know how much I can talk about it, but something that I have, have researched for a work project about potential strip clubs that have haunted activity. Yeah, let's There's do also it. also bordellos All and right. whatnot. Anyhow. <laughs> this is Nightmareca. Episode 19, killer <laughs> and creepy <laughs> campsites. But first, the news. What what newsy item do you have this week? Well, I got to give a big shout out of love to our listeners who heard my cry that there's no weird news in the world. And they hit me up on social media sharing all sorts of stories. So thank you. You know who you are. You're awesome. So you cheated, um, basically. You know... Well, you didn't even let me finish. Okay, go on. Sorry, you're right. I, but I am calling they, you a cheater. 
They came to me with the Tiger King news. They came to me with that Loch Ness photo, Naya Rivera. But I decided to go with something else, something nice and light, because my story's kind of heavy today. Okay. Are you going to do that, or are you going to use a long pause? I used a long pause for you. So, Cody Timms received a voter registration application in the mail uh, last Friday. And now that alone does not make weird news, except for the fact that he had been dead for 12 years. And he was a cat. Uh, The letter didn't come from the Secretary of State. It came from a third-party political group, so no Froder. No voter fraud was committed, or Froder fraud was what I was about to say. But Carol Timms, who is Cody's owner, did confirm to the AP News that he was, in fact, a demo cat. Uh, yeah, I see what you did there. <laughs> that hit my funny bone so hard. Yeah, definitely some low-hanging, low-hanging fruit. On I that love one. low-hanging animal puns. So that was my story. Demo cat yeah. gets voter registration. Right, I get it. It's, it's like a Democrat, except it's a demo cat. Cat. Yeah. That's, Jokes are best explained. I guess that's, you know, otherwise he would have been a Republican. I don't know. It's, that's good. That's good. Working, you know, <laughs> doing improv. Yes, and. Yes, and. So, okay, well, that's that's interesting. Good to yep. know that. Yes, and what's your story? R.I.P. to, what was yeah. his name? Frodo? Cody. Cody. Similar. I don't know where I got Frodo from. <laughs> In my mind, it was Frodo Timms, which would be a good cat <laughs> name as well. Anyhow. That is a good cat name. My news article this week comes from, well, paranormalpopculture.com. That's my website, so I can do it. I can I can pull from my own website. Hell this. yeah, you can. But, so, yes, I appear on Paranormal Caught on Camera on Travel Channel, and Paranormal Caught on Camera is produced by Meeting House Productions. And... That's interesting because Meeting House Productions is now doing another show called The Osbournes Want to Believe. This is coming up on the Travel Channel. And so in the 90s, well, I guess early 2000s, the Osbournes had their MTV show with Ozzy, Sharon, Jack, Kelly. Well, yeah. That ended in 2005, and since then, Jack Osborne has really established himself as a face and name in the paranormal world. He's done a show called Haunted Highway that was on sci-fi. He He did Portals to Hell. He does. He continues to to do Portals to Hell, yeah. I watched one episode. Yes, and it was maybe an episode I was on, but we won't talk about that. Yeah. Because I don't love that (laughs) episode. No, it wasn't. (laughs) Oh. That's all right. I don't love. I don't. No, I have seen it. I just thought it would be funny if I said that I watched yeah. an episode of the show, but it wasn't the one you were on. You're so tricky. You're such a tricksy, <laughs> tricksy, tricksy Brit today. And then he also did Ozzy and Jack's World Tour, which was not a paranormal show, but they did visit Roswell, New Mexico, and some haunted locations. Anyhow, so this new show that's coming up 
well, uh, as we record this, it's coming up on August 2nd, 2020. It's supposedly Ozzy and Sharon are somewhat skeptical and Jack shows them videos and tries to convince them of the validity of the paranormal. So it looks a little bit like sort of this movie theater set up. I'm sure it's in their homes. I'm sure it's probably recorded during mm-hmm. during quarantine time. And, it, you know, it definitely looks entertaining. I mean, you can't deny the fact that Ozzy and Sharon and Jack uh, all together are quite entertaining. Oh, I, I don't know if, yeah. if Kelly is going to be. I don't think she's going to be part of it, but maybe she'll pop in. That'd be great. Doesn't she? I really like that Sharon is letting her hair go natural now. Oh, yeah? She looks so stunning. Okay. I didn't know that. But, oh, yeah. and, and the other thing is that, so this, this show is sort of based on, well, they, they call the Osbournes the first family of darkness, which I don't really think that they're all that dark, but they also kind of go off on detours and talk about other things like Harry and the Hendersons, which is a great movie with a Bigfoot in it, a Sasquatch, but... So it should be, it should be a fun little uh, show. It'd be interesting to see what happens, and happy for the folks over at Meeting House for putting this show together. Yeah. Anyhow. Looks good. I saw the ad for it watching Paranormal last night. Yes. Very good. Uh, well. And posting terrible pictures of you in case anyone follows us on Twitter. You're welcome. Yeah. It's, uh, it's I appreciate your dedication <laughs> to finding awkward photos of me. <laughs> Anywho, let's dive into our topic. Actually, before we dive into our topic, we're going to talk about campsites. But have you ever camped? Ever? Um. Yes, and it was tragic. When I was in maybe like fifth grade, it was before we moved to America. I was home for the summer. And signed up for Girl Scout camp because my best friend at the time I lived in America was really into Girl Scouts. I think she did it all through high school. And so I joined her to go to Girl Scout camp. Okay, first of all, why? I barely go outdoors. I'm sure you can tell from this podcast, like, I am an indoor cat all the way. And so... Now I go to this camp with a bunch of Girl Scouts. Okay, I've never really done Girl Scouts. My mom and I bailed because it was, like, too woodsy. And the bathroom just had a toilet with a hole straight through to the ground. And I'm like, oh, hell no. So I don't think I pooped for, like, four days because I was so creeped out. And then the next morning... I wake up and there was a girl sleeping in the cabin next to me and she had a giant spider on her face. Oh, that's pretty cool. And I called my parents and I was like, get me out of here. And my dad came and picked me up. I only had like two days left, I think, but I was like, I cannot do this anymore. And we stopped at a McDonald's on the way home and I think that was the longest pee I ever had in my life. Hmm. Did you poop at the McDonald's too? Probably. Because that toilet terrified me yeah you know that's how it is in other parts of the world there's sometimes not even a toilet it's just a hole in the ground oh i count my blessings every day it's you know i mean there's it's just different way that's what camping is and you slept in a cabin you weren't even in a tent i mean it was like a 
like a tenty fabric on top with like a floor. And then we had cots. And a door? Honestly, the cots were probably... Yeah, there was a door. Yeah, that's that's not a tent. <laughs> I'm not an outdoorsy person, okay? I just want to say, I'm not, I'm not casting aspersions on your upbringing or whatever, but I'm pretty certain if I were... Had I been a child and said, I'm camping and now I don't want to camp. Uh, I don't know. Maybe my mom would have wanted to pull me out of that. But my father would have wanted me to just like suck it up and persist. And that's, I do oh, think. Oh, my dad did. I think my that's dad what you wanted do. me to. Yeah. No. My mom was like, hell no, get her out of here. How do you, my mom's my best friend. How do you She's develop coping skills then? I have other coping skills. I don't need to camp. Well, I know, but just putting up with difficult situations like there know. wasn't a flushing toilet but there i don't need to put up with that there was a hole in the ground just saying so why did we get anyway. on this time <laughs> man this is a rambling <laughs> podcast already why did we get into this topic of campsites why did we choose this one did i choose this one uh i think we both kind of agreed on it because it's summer this is like when people camp yeah well i do love camping and uh, I do like being out in the wilderness, and it's also pretty creepy time because you're surrounded by nature. You feel vulnerable. Maybe you don't have a flushing toilet. That's scary for some people, name Brit. And sometimes it's just that you're out in the woods and you are in th this tent, this thin piece of fabric, and you hear nature happening around you, walking around outside maybe you're removed from civilization so who knows what bad people are out there in the woods or even like forest people living in the woods and and your your senses are heightened and it's very dark out i remember one time camping it was so dark especially this one time so dark that you just couldn't see you know even in front of your your hand in front of your face there's this other time that i was camping in the boy scouts and heard something to this day i don't know what it was i don't think it was a bear but to this day I heard something traipsing around my tent in the middle of the night very large it's very scary and and but also awesome who knows maybe a sasquatch or maybe another i was just person. gonna say maybe it was a sasquatch maybe i have heard sasquatch calls in the forest but or something that sounds like what they say sasquatch calls Sound like what does can you do this call for me? What does it sound like? I could, but I'm not going to. Especially, I think it would blow out the oh. the audio on this podcast. Okay, but you can look it up. But okay. anyhow, so yeah, you feel vulnerable. So I think, and it's it's a great summer activity. So this is sort of where we delved into this. So let's get into it after a word from our first sponsor. Nightmerica is brought to you by Manscaped. And to talk about the men's grooming kits, we have one of its fiercest fans, Mr. Lawrence Talbot, an actual werewolf from London. Right, love. Cheers for having me on, although I prefer lycanthrope. The whole WW word is a bit unseemly. Although... I should also note, I have been an American citizen for a while now. Ah, so that would explain that almost indistinguishable British accent. 
Anyhow, Larry, I'm surprised you're in wolf form, even though there's not a full moon out. That's right. Well, I used to view my condition as a bit of a curse, what with all the hair everywhere. But with the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 and its durable skin-safe ceramic blade, which has small teeth, unlike myself, I can be quite the dapper wolf with my crown jewels, if you will, remaining secure. Now I actually prefer to stay in wolf form permanently. Pardon me for saying so, but you have a lot of hair. It must take you forever to groom. Most certainly. It takes quite a bit of time. Thankfully, the lawnmower 3.0 holds a 90-minute charge, so I have all the time in the world. And with the built-in LED light, I can even see on a moonless night as I as I trim my... My dolly bits, my undercarriage, my John Thomas. Right, right, we get it. Wolfman's got nards. And with Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0's waterproof technology, you can even clean up in the moors on a rainy English or American night. It's perfectly splendid, isn't it? And speaking of moors, I still do enjoy taking a bite out of the occasional backpacker. But with the Crop Preserver Bowl deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Spray toner, any passers-by that comes close will only smell the aroma of the freshest dangly bits. But don't take our word for it, or even that of a gentleman lycanthrope. Because with the code NIGHTMERICA, you can get 20% off a Manscaped order and receive free shipping. Head to manscaped.com and enter code NIGHTMERICA, and you can check out their anti-chafing boxer briefs, weed whacker nose hair trimmer, and crop cleanser hair and body wash, all from... Wolf Manscaped. No, only from Manscaped. Manscaped, the right tools for the job. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Okay, well, we are back. And... Better than ever. Better than we were... Better than we were, like, 30 <laughs> seconds ago? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> You're also ruining the magic of the podcast by letting people know that we weren't just reading the ads, that ad fresh. I mean, I'm sure they probably can tell. I mean, well, that now they know. 
<laughs> Sorry, guys. Stagecraft. And, I mean, you should know what that is since you work in entertainment. <laughs> I'm all about honesty, man. All about the razzmatazz. Uh, okay. Yeah. So what's your story? Well, I'll start by giving a little background. Probably my second favorite horror movie ever is The Strangers. Um, and have I made you watch it with me? No, but I've seen The Strangers. It is okay. rightly a, a very terrifying movie. Oh, it's so good. It came out in 2008. Uh, the Strangers Pray After Dark or whatever. The second one was not as good, but it did come out recently. It's worth a watch. Anyway, if you haven't seen The Strangers, watch it. Second favorite horror movie. Um, it's directed by Brian Bertino. And it was inspired by three different stories. One is Sharon Tate's murder, uh, of course, by the Manson family. Two is uh, actually some crimes that happened in his neighborhood growing up, some break-ins. And then the third is the story that I'm doing today called The Keddy Cabin Murders. Have you heard of them? Not based on that title, but oh, dive in. Great. Maybe I'll know, know it. I'm You're excited. in for a ride. Um, let's start by building an emotional attachment to these victims. Uh, it's late 1980, and Glenna Susan Sharp, she goes by Sue, uh, has decided to separate from her husband, James Sharp, and move her children from Connecticut across the country to California, where her brother lives. He lives in a super rural part of the Sierra Nevadas called Keddy. Um, so Sue rents a cabin at the Keddy Resort to get her kids kind of settled in. So the Sharp kids, there's a lot of them. Are you ready? John is 15. Sheila is 14. Tina is 12. Rick is 10. And Greg is 5. Holy cow. That had to be tough as a single parent. Um, times are also super tough financially like you hear that they're staying at a cabin at a resort but it was not easy susan got a 250 dollars check from the navy as her estranged husband was a veteran um, she also got many money from a federal education program that she was a part of um, and they survived on food stamps so it was not smooth sailing um, but they move into cabin 28 of the Keddy Resort, and they just absolutely fall in love with it. The kids want for nothing. They play in the pond. They play in the forest that's right there. They just really love this rural life. So this now brings us to April 11, 1981. The family has been there for a couple of months now. Um, and they're super active. It's a typical Tuesday for them, so the kids are all out and about. Sheila, she is the oldest daughter, but the second oldest kid, plans a sleepover at her friend's house that night. Um, Justin Smart, who is a neighbor from Cabin 26, came over to have a sleepover with Rick and John. Um, and then they also had a friend named Dana come and sleep over too. So these boys were all there hanging out. Um, we know that Sheila left home for her sleepover around 8 p.m. And then the daughter Tina left her friend's house to head back home around 9.30 p.m. Just to kind of set up the time. Uh, so it's now 10 p.m. Who is in the house? 
Sue the mom, John and his friend Dana, Tina, Rick and his friend Justin, and Greg. So, Sheila wakes up early from her sleepover and decides to go back to the cabin around 7.45 a.m. Also super early to wake up from a sleepover, just saying. But anyway, gets home 7.45 a.m. and opens the door to probably the worst moment of her life. Um, She first sees her older brother, John, bound and lying on his back in the living room, caked with blood. Uh, bound at his feet, they were bound together, was his friend Dana. Um, He also had his hands hands tied behind his back, but he was laying face down. Um, She then runs back to her friend's cabin where she was staying. They're called the Seabolt family, screaming for help. This dad, thank God, comes running back with her, walking the perimeter of the house to make sure that no one is there or no one is around. And believe it or not, goes to the back window and finds the boys alive in the back bedroom and pulls them out of the safety. Um, These are the boys that were alive. John, as I said, and Dana are deceased. So the police come and enter the home, finding the two deceased boys, um, as Sheila did. But they also find Sue on the sofa. She was gagged naked from the waist down and had been stabbed in the chest. What's also super interesting to me is that in on her head, she had been hit in the head with the butt of a Daisy 88 BB gun, which feels like a weird, I mean, I don't know guns, but like I hear a BB gun and I think it's like Ralphie, you'll shoot your eye out. Like, I don't feel like that's the kind of weapon you bring to a crime scene. I mean, but... I, the BB guns we had when I was a kid, like uh, my brothers would shoot one another with, so from across the yard. I mean, they can puncture the skin and be quite painful. Hmm. All right. And, well, thank you for the gun lesson. Well, you know, I mean, there are there's still there's still weapons. They can still do damage and you know kill animals and things like that. Hmm. Interesting. Well, it wasn't found on site, but the imprint of the gun was clear on her head. Um, They also find a steak knife that had been bent in half in the blade um, from force. And then they also find a blood-covered hammer. So the neighbors, including Sheila, who was sleeping over a few cabins over, didn't hear anything. One neighbor claimed to wake up to a scream around 1.30 in the morning, but went back to sleep. Um, And then some claimed to see a green truck or a brown Datsun outside of the house around 9 p.m., which was, like, unusual. But, I mean, you know, they're just random cars. It wasn't like they were going to call the cops. Um, There were no signs of forced entry into the house, but it's also the 80s. And in the woods, so I feel like people may not necessarily knock, lock their windows and doors at this point. Um, and there was a bloody fingerprint on the back door. And the lead investigator said whoever committed the crime must have left covered in blood just because of how gruesome this crime scene was. Well, if you were listening to me earlier, you would have noticed that there's something that I have not mentioned. And that's that the boys were found alive um the two children and sue are dead sheila was at her friend's house but where is tina the one daughter 
So Sheila can't find her. She's nowhere in the house. She's not around. And so she is like frantically telling the police that her sister is missing. Um, and they don't listen to Sheila until hours later when they figure it out for themselves, assholes. Um, and it's super frustrating because they could have put out an APB alert to other people to like look out for this girl. Maybe, you know, they could have seen something. But they didn't until they figured it out for themselves. So who did this? The immediate suspect is the next door neighbor. And it happens to be Justin's stepdad, Martin Smart. Justin Smart was the kid who was sleeping over um, that night and was one of the three boys found alive. So interesting that he was found alive and... They think, you know, maybe his dad did it. The night of the murders, Martin Smart's friend, John Bubetti, I think is how you pronounce it. He goes by Bo. Um, he was staying over that night. And while they were being interviewed by the police for alibis, their stories were filled with lies and contradictions. For example, Bo lied about his birth date he told the police that Martin's wife was actually his niece and that he was a retired police officer shot in the line of duty. These were all lies. They all so easily could have been fact-checked by police, but they didn't. Martin, during his police interview, said that his stepson might have seen something that night without me detecting him. What? Wait, that's confusing. Yeah, I think he means that Justin might have seen who committed the crime without Martin detecting that he witnessed it, which puts Martin himself at the scene of the crime. Okay, that's a direct quote from him? It, yes, it's a direct quote in the police interview. Awkward. Like it's on tape. Yep. I think it's super suspicious that it happened to be the night his son was staying over and his son is safe. Um, however, Martin's wife, Marilyn, gotta love her, completely threw him under the bus, saying she separated with him right after these crimes because he became violent. Uh, she told police that he and Bo had asked Sue to go to the bar with them that night and she declined because she had all these kids in the house. She wasn't going to go out for a drink. Um, and that Martin had, or in the house they had, found a bloody jacket that belonged to Tina in their basement and a hammer was missing from their toolbox. And the hammer was one of the weapons they found on site. Uh, so what do police do? They bring Martin in for a polygraph. And he passes. So, shoot. He must not have done it then. He moves to Reno, Nevada. And he writes a letter to Marilyn in his own handwriting, stamped from Reno. And it says, and I quote, I've paid the price for your love. And now I've bought it with four people's lives. You tell me you're through? Great. What else do you want? I mean, he's basically admitting to it there. Yeah. So Marilyn, his wife, sends it to the police because she's like, oh my God, here's like a written confession in his handwriting stamped where he lives. And the police ignore it. 
because gosh darn it, he passed the polygraph. So clearly that means he's innocent. Or was it because he happened to be friends with then Sheriff Doug Thomas, who he actually lived with for a bit when he separated with his wife? It's true. Hmm. So three years later, Tina's remains are found in Butte County, which is like a hundred miles away from the crime scene. And what's interesting is that in 2013, a new sheriff was put in charge of this case. And he was actually 16 at the time of the crime and knew the Sharps. He knew this family that had been brutally murdered. And while digging into evidence, all the sealed evidence from the case, he found a tape that had been called into 911 of someone anonymously calling in to say that Tina's remains would be found there. So they knew they had this tape the whole time, but they didn't go to look for Tina's remains. They, she was randomly found three years later. Well, as this was never investigated, I think it's, kind of safe to say that it was a cover-up for a cop's BFF. Um, the new sheriff said, and this is a quote he told uh, a local newspaper, an article by Victoria Metcalf, which I'll link. It's really well written. Um, he said, this case is as screwed up as a soup sandwich. It's not about what was done, but what was not done. And that's Sheriff Gamberg, who was a kid at the same time as the families and knew them. Um, Bo died in 1988. Marty died in 2006. But the new sheriff isn't giving up because he thinks, you know, it was in the 80s. It wasn't like it was all that long ago. There have to be more people that know what happened or maybe someone else that they can connect it with. There is DNA. I mean, at the time, they didn't really know what DNA was, but there is DNA that they've recovered from some of these weapons. So they're hoping maybe, like, through ancestral DNA, they can connect this to, you know, who the actual killer was. But it's one of my favorite stories. I think it's why people shouldn't go camping, because it's dangerous. These cabins, these resort places. Well, I don't... There's plenty of people that don't get murdered by <laughs> when camping. What I mean, it certainly sounds like a, a miscarriage of justice. And that's the Keddie Cabin murders. It's definitely disturbing and super disturbing. So, what? Where are you putting the motive? What? What would you say is the motive? That's what's tricky. There are a lot of things on the internet that talk about how. And, um, and we have to use the word alleged because these guys were never exactly were they've never, never been caught convicted caught charged anything so exactly and nothing was missing from the house so it wasn't like it was robbery um this family had no money so it's not like they could have been really robbed anyway um there were things on the internet that talked about how much marty hated John, the oldest son. It didn't say why exactly, but that was reported. Um, that they had also asked Sue to go out and she said no. Both of these men were veterans. So 
I mean, maybe they had some sort of PTSD that could have been triggered by something. I don't know. That feels kind of like a stretch because there's people that survive with PTSD and are perfectly harmless people every day. But I don't know. It's very sketchy. Well, I can see why this would be one of the stories that potentially or or did inspire the strangers. Mm-hmm based on the mm-hmm. senseless, one of the senselessness three. and the violence of that movie and of this crime. Yeah. And if it was random, like The Strangers, it's totally random. Well, that's dark. Dark. So That's why I talked about my Democat for weird news. Yeah. Can we go back to uh, another cat story before we get into it? No, we'll just hear from <laughs> another sponsor, and then we'll come back with something less dark. Nightmerica is excited to announce we have a new sponsor, Manscaped. And to talk about the men's grooming kits, we have a really big fan of Manscaped. But not a man, a Sasquatch. From the Florida Everglades, let's welcome Skunk Ape to the show. Thanks for joining, Mr. Ape. Oh, Skunk is fine, just fine. That's, uh, that's what my friends call me. Even though you're an elusive cryptid, you're able to have a social life? Oh, sure, sure. Wood booger, yeah, we mow, mow, wendigo, mow galon, we all, we all hang out. Well, that's great. With all those friends, it's probably important to look your best. We take a lot of pride in how we look uh, in the Sasquatch community, especially uh, since, uh, as you can imagine, there ain't a whole heck of a lot of us out there, so it gets pretty darn competitive getting attention from the lady squatches. So the Lawnmower 3.0 from Manscaped has a durable, skin-safe ceramic blade when you groom your, uh, squatchy regions. Don't you know it? That Lawnmower 3.0 holds an edge, so I'm less likely to nick my nugs. It's happened before, and it ain't pretty. There's blood everywhere. Everyone down in the glades heard me howl out that one time. Whoop, whoop! That's what, that's what it sounded like when I nicked my nugs. But not with this Lawnmower 3.0. Dude, that's intense. I have certainly been there. It is no fun at all. Skunky, I imagine grooming down there probably takes a lot of time because you're a pretty big guy. Well, you know what they say about big feet. Big shoes? Big balls! Yep, right, sizable. Sasquasticles. Big old ones. But with them lithium-ion batteries I can charge that puppy up on the USB dock, I can use it for 90 minutes. It's even waterproof, so I can... Fire it up in the glades and take a good long time getting my squashicles right where they needs to be. Well, with that waterproof technology, that's got to be helpful in the glades. Or even for a human like me who uses the shower. Is the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 getting you noticed down there? Only in the right ways. All the lady squatches or, or men, no, no judgment, they take notice. But I can still stay hidden because with that quiet stroke technology... It does not make a lot of noise and attract unwanted look-a-loos. And that's a very important part of the Squatch Code. You gotta stay undercover, you know? I can even groom up my Squatchicles in the middle of the night. Cause it's got an LED light on it so you can see where your Patterson and Gimlin are. It's a memorable pair. And speaking of memorable pairs, you also like the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner. Well, you might have heard I have a bit of an odor issue, hence the nickname Skunky. And with the Florida humidity, uh, I can smell pretty darn ripe down there. So I use that Manscaped Ball Deodorant to, to make the Squashicles smell fresh as a daisy and the Ball Toner to freshen up when Skunk 
turns to funk. Maybe we should start calling you Flowers instead of Skunky. Well, Skunky, if you or your Squatch Buddies or any listeners out there want to groom safely, and who doesn't, head over to manscaped.com and enter code NIGHTMERICA for 20% off plus free shipping off your order. For one more time, that's... Squatchscaped. No, no, it's not. It's Manscaped. Manscaped. The right tools for the job. I mean, I would say that the story that I'm going to tell is definitely not as intense, definitely spooky. I, you know, I, I love the idea of gathering around the campfire and telling spooky stories. That's definitely something I've done, something that in many ways we continue to do through, you know, I, I mean, I would host these Zoom story times during the pandemic during the quarantine and it was essentially that it was like a paranormal a virtual campfire sitting around the campfire and telling spooky stories but i love it i do too i love it it's it's definitely i have fond memories of it from childhood and the boy scouts and things like that but and i was a boy scout but the site that i'm going to talk about is in santa fe new mexico and it is the holy ghost campground now right away with the name holy ghost campground certainly sounds like it's going to be set up for a spooky situation it is worth mentioning that this is there's a lot of if you look it up there's a lot of supposedly haunted campgrounds out there this one i think comes up one of the most especially in the u.s it's situated in this steep canyon alongside holy ghost creek Really gorgeous area. It's something like 60 miles north of the Picos Mountains. And sadly for you, Brett, well, there are toilets. I don't know whether or not they flush. but <laughs> So it is it is a place that you could somewhat cheat with your camping. You could drive stuff in there, but there's no electrical hookups and things like that for people that, for anyone that, you couldn't have like a sewer or an RV or whatever, I don't think. Anyhow, it's a really gorgeous area. But why are we talking about it today? Well, first off, the stories of supposed paranormal activity goes back to the 1700s here. A Catholic priest, allegedly, it's hard to really pin down the facts on this, was uh, allegedly attacked by the Pueblo people who it was said were defending themselves from colonizers which i'm all about i don't want to advocate murder of anyone but colonizers didn't bring nothing but trouble for the indigenous peoples so if a priest came trying to force their religion on him sorry you got to go anyhow some of the more recent stories though are of supposed car crashes and biker brawls and just a lot of activity that takes place in this location that leads to all sorts of haunted activity. Amongst those activity includes mysterious lights in the trees, orbs hovering in in the distance, strange sounds at night. Now this got me thinking, well, that doesn't sound entirely like ghosts. That could be something else in this Santa Fe National Forest. Well, turns out there are some stories connected to that. And I want to give a shout out to Outside 
magazine, again, OutsideOnline.com, this is the second time I'm attributing something to them. I, I was familiar with a lot of the Holy Ghost stories, but they had some interesting details on their website in an article by Taylor Gee, unless it's Taylor G, I don't know. But sorry, Taylor, however you pronounce your, your last name. But so they spoke to Taylor spoke to a guide in that area, Alan Pacheco. Again, I could be butchering his poor name. Sorry, Alan. <laughs> and he said there's been a number of people who have gone missing in the vicinity. So this suddenly gets strange. It's like a Bermuda Triangle of New Mexico, and supposedly mm-hmm. people just disappear into thin air. No clothing, no bones, nothing is found. So that's odd. But there's also possible UFO activity there. This reminds me of the Skinwalker Ranch. It's the one of these locations where there's just a lot of things happening, layers upon layers of paranormal activity taking place. So supposedly UFOs have been spotted in the area as well. But so add to that is supposedly sightings of shadow people in the area as well. So this and and voices, there's a lot of um, audio uh, voice phenomena that people are hearing these these voices. So, of course, this is all speculation, but at least Alan Pacheco says that he believes that there's a cosmic doorway that opens up there. Some sort of dimensional wormhole, different energies, different beings. Now, this is, this is a really interesting thought because I think maybe some people in the mainstream who are not big paranormal heads would say, well, that just sounds ridiculous. But that is definitely a very strong theory and something that's very much connected to certain Bigfoot theories, that Bigfoot is an interdimensional being, and that there's some reason. I think we even talked a little bit about it when we were talking about the Mothman and Point Pleasant, that... When there's this convergence of activity, there seems to be a theory of interdimensionality to it and and some sort of crossover with our with our world and other worlds. Now, of course, the Santa Fe National Forest denies any kind of paranormal activity. But which I think they're missing an opportunity here because go spring in business so just say it's spooky and you're gonna you're gonna a lot more people are gonna be coming there maybe they don't want a lot more people coming there but a lot more people would be going there if you just said there was paranormal activity but instead the official line is ghosts are not real and that's why it can't be haunted it's bold of them to say ghosts are not real like well the actual quote from the santa fe national forest is quote holy ghost campground cannot be haunted for one simple yet big and important reason ghosts are not real which i think is awfully dismissive but here is something super dismissive here is something that i think is just sort of the capper on this somewhat brief story but so the reason i pull from outside magazine so they listed some of their favorite supposedly haunted campgrounds well, as it happens, Outside Magazine, some of the staff there actually went and camped out 
in the Holy Ghost campground. And I'm going to quote directly from them. And this article was published October 2019. Okay. So, direct quote here. On Friday, October 18th, after this story was published, a group of outside editors bravely spent the night at Holy Ghost to investigate the claims of paranormal activity. The night passed peacefully, but the next morning, associate managing editor Alita Burchiski got up early to fish the nearby Holy Ghost Creek. About ten minutes in, her hook got snagged on a root along the bank. As Burchuski worked to free the hook, she saw a dark figure in her peripheral vision. It was approaching her. She says, quote, He was walking weird, kind of loping. Initially, she thought it was her husband coming over to tell her how cold he was, walking strangely in an attempt to warm up. Quote, but then I turned to say hi, she says, and nobody was there. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So that is the tale of the Holy Ghost Campground in New Mexico. Uh, it's, again, like it's one of these that I've heard of. I don't have specific stories associated with it outside of some of the just the generic phenomena that I've heard of here uh, and listed here. But it's well known enough that it's kind of bubbled up into into my channels. But I, I think it's uh, it's definitely kind of an interesting one there. And there's so many of them out there. And there's even a lot of inspiration for things like Friday the 13th. There's actually a camp crystal lake that is supposedly haunted things like mm. that so mm -hmm. i would just say that when you go camping out there bring a flashlight bring extra batteries for your flashlight and maybe sleep with one eye open and bring bear spray and bring a rape whistle and like bring a phone yeah those are I all mean, a lot of stuff you gotta bring those are all fair too those are all those are all fairly compact though so yeah. And and you know, maybe bring a camping buddy. So, yes. don't camp alone. Don't camp alone. Don't do anything alone. Not even poop in the hole in the ground wow. at Brit's cabin True. in the woods. True. So that's our haunted campgrounds. Love to hear some of the great Actually, I I think we should definitely encourage people out there if there's ever a a ghost story or a camping story that you told around the campfire i would love to hear it because they are typically mm -hmm. regional they're they're highly tailored and customized to a location and and down to the campground itself i love hearing about those because those become part of lore and then bubble up into myths that that spread across borders those things are great so i'd love to hear those but in the that meantime would make a great patreon it could be a good patreon so let's move into some paranormal pop culture for the week and then we'll get out of here what are you what are you into well i think i'm probably the last person on earth to hear about this new podcast or like new ish it started last year um but radio rental 
by Payne Lindsay and hosted by Rain Wilson under his character Terry Carnation is possibly like one of the best podcasts I have ever listened to in my entire life. Um, the first episode I listened to was, I don't remember what number, but it was one woman story. She was in Phoenix and, uh, someone creepy came to her window. I won't say anything else. I won't let, I won't ruin it. You got to listen. And then the second story is a guy in the Upper West Side of New York who had a weird experience with his girlfriend. So they're told by the people who experienced it, it's so well done. If you haven't listened, which most people probably have, but if you haven't, downloaded it like immediately as soon as we finish. Awesome. And that's mine. I will. I will download. I'll check What's that. yours? I've, you know, I've had the fortune of interviewing Rain Wilson on a few occasions and he's a delightful guy and hilarious so yeah that definitely uh, you haven't listened to this no i haven't i will, I will oh definitely my god check it out you will love it i hope i do based on that recommendation <laughs> i'm i'm excited well mine actually is it's a bit of an anniversary but it's something that i'm into is it our anniversary no no <laughs> That would not be, that might be paranormal. That would not be pop culture. It would definitely be weird. And no, but especially no, because I'm talking about something that existed before you were born. In 1990, 30 years ago, what movie premiered this week? 1990, take a guess. Like literally, I think uh at on the day that we're recording this 30 years ago indiana jones no but i appreciate i appreciate that effort no the movie ghost starring demi moore <sighs> patrick swayze and oh, patrick swayze looking so handsome and of course Whoopi goldberg now what i really want to talk about and and this this movie became because of the pottery sex scene became something that was spoofed but the movie itself first off it made bonkers amount of money and it also is it's a good movie there's there's actually a lot of thriller elements in addition to sort of the sexy romantic elements there's a lot of thriller elements there's a bit of a whodunit element to it but within all that and of course it's about a Wall Street banker played by Patrick Swayze. He's deeply in love with his girlfriend, Molly. His name's Sam. He's deeply in love with his girlfriend, Molly, played by Demi Moore. They remodel in their new apartment. And then Sam ends up dead in what seems like a typical mugging gone wrong, which is sort of like a Batman origin story where Batman's parents got murdered in Crime Alley. But anyhow... So Sam in the movie he he dies on the street but he he ignores his his light he doesn't go into the light so he ignores his his kind of opening to heaven and instead wants to solve his own murder but also wants to obviously be with the woman he loves now this movie so thriller elements, romantic elements, a lot of things happening. 
but there's also these paranormal and supernatural elements which are surprisingly in line with paranormal theory you have the medium Odame brown played by whoopi goldberg and there's this famous scene of her her seance room her parlor is surrounded by all these spirits that are trying to like clamor for attention and they jump in her trying to talk to their their relatives who are still earthbound you have which is which is very similar to sort of what i've heard from actual mediums some of the things that they they experience like there's so many people chipping you know chirping in their ear you have this notion of these kind of shadow people you have sort of this white light and this dark energy you have there's this great subway scene where there's this angry ghost just knocking things around in the subway it's i believe set in new york city it is it's set in new york city this angry ghost that's like knocking things around and he's just really pissed off and patrick swayze's character you know is eventually like pushed around by the guy but then goes to him and says like teach me your ways how do you actually manipulate physical objects how do you um how do you do this and he teaches him how to focus his energy and actually manipulate objects the the character actor's name was vincent schiavelli who is really notable for for people who've you know seen a lot of uh, crime movies and whatnot he's a recognizable character actor but there's all these things that are really in line with paranormal theories so that's really why it holds up and why it's worth going back and watching it again and there's one other reason i will say that's worth watching have you have you seen it i'm embarrassed to admit that i have not don't be embarrassed but that's not a surprise because i haven't seen like any movie i i, I don't judge you you don't need to be embarrassed but the other thing i've seen like halloween and the strangers and that's and it that's it well <laughs> the other element to this which is just sort of funny and i had totally forgotten about this so the movie was directed by jerry zucker <laughs> and he was uh, the movie was nominated for a best picture ghost was jerry zucker aside from ghost is best known for movies like airplane and top secret and i believe even the naked gun movies he was a producer on it and a writer hmm. kentucky fried movie so all of these spoof movies i think ghost was the only movie that was well one of two movies that he was involved in that was sort of a a serious movie so it's just sort of random that the guy behind naked gun and airplane ended up directing this insanely successful movie that ended up um you know getting these oscar nominations and uh ended up having all these weird paranormal theories to it so anyhow that's what i'm talking about in my paranormal pop culture today is ghost 1990 happy anniversary they're years old and thank you for bringing happy us anniversary thank you for bringing us you know pottery sex and popularizing for modern audiences the righteous brothers song unchained melody oh yeah 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 that was that was huge that was like a a big kind of um 
the song was from 1955 and then suddenly it was on the charts again because of this this movie it's just weird it was all around yeah so there you go and i think my mom really go. i think my mom really liked the movie too so i mean how can you not like patrick swayze well you know the thing about patrick swayze his characters i love the movie roadhouse by the way roadhouse is a great movie but his characters he was this tough guy but his character's point of view was always to be providing love and support for Mm -hmm. the woman he was with it wasn't about machismo Mm -hmm. it was about this approachable but understanding sexuality was so he patrick says it was way ahead of his time with his characters so mm-hmm. i would say yes he was he was definitely a, a he's a class act sexy man yeah like he had swagger yeah. he like that that like self-assurance that very like instead of like rage it was kind of like this you know imagine like he was not like a brute force kind of hero he was instead like sort of a feminine action hero yeah my mom is gonna love the end of this episode she loves patrick swayze i who i love patrick i'm sad that i never who got doesn't? to meet him he's the best point break's also great and dirty dancing hello well, i know but that's i mean yes i know i agree i don't disagree with that one but i mean roadhouse and point break we should if we had if we paid for the rights we could end out on that song yeah and so good oh my god for the patreon if we saw each other we should try to do the jump i'll care i'll pick you up okay you can like run at me and i'll lift you i don't think that's gonna happen but and no you're lucky that there's social distancing we need more patreon supporters so we can (laughs) afford the rights to i had the time of my my life so true speaking of patreon supporters i want to give a big shout out to two of our new patreon supporters Amy B and Catherine C. We really love chatting with you guys on social media. So super excited to have your support as well. Um, and your stickers will be on the way. Yeah. And if you guys want to join in on the fun, you can click the link in our show notes. Yeah. And I think, I think they're also both paranormal caught on camera fans. And I thank them for that support as well. So um, thank you guys for being so awesome. Well, that yeah, our listeners are the best. They are the best. So, that sounded like insincere, but I didn't mean it that way. It, I'm, it's they are literally the best. It's just my very <laughs> droll and dry delivery, along with my pregnant pauses. Oh my God, you're killing me! Softly, killing you softly. <laughs> Well, we've had the time of our lives on this episode, so why don't we get out yep. here? If you like Nightmerica, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash Nightmerica and consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Give us a follow on social media and share this with your friends. And if you'd like to share your paranormal stories or even seek paranormal advice, which is for entertainment purposes only, email show at gmail.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.